turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Well, welcome back. Monday, August 15th, 2022. And I want to give a big shout out and thanks to Robert Graham, who took uh, the show Thursday and Friday last week while I was off and out. I am back now and looking forward to your calls and anything that's on your mind. 602-508-0960. Alan Dershowitz has a piece in today's Wall Street Journal in defense of what about ism, and that is in regard to the seizure of documents from Mar-a-Lago. I was mentioning last week that I'm a fan of what about ism because it instructs you, as Alan Dershowitz writes in his op-ed today, instructs you on what kind of justice we should expect and what kind of justice we should rely upon. In other words, it keeps the law from being indiscriminate. We are all supposed to be treated the same. It says that. It promises you that, doesn't it? Right under the Supreme Court, where etched into the front of the building are the words equal justice under law. The Greeks had a word for that, isonomia, meaning political equality. That's effectively equal justice under law, isonomia. Kind of the Greek word for democracy. You think we're living in that right now? You think we're living in anything that looks like it is part of or parcel to a democratic form of government, which a constitutional republic, of course, is? Everyone wanted to get a release of the documents that were being used in the raid to justify the raid of Mar-a-Lago. And we got, of course... The warrant. We got the search warrant. What we do not have is the affidavit, of course, as you now know. This is such a funny thing. It's such a funny thing about presidents in the Department of Justice. We all get crash courses in law, don't we? We all got a crash course in law during Bill Clinton's presidency. We're getting one now, not just in the Trump presidency, but in the aftermath of the Trump presidency. You talk about someone who is living in their head. He is still living in their head after he is president. So we are now learning, for those that you know were not trained in criminal law, that there is something underneath There is something beneath and justifying the search warrant, and that's known as the affidavit, which lists in detail the reasons for and the speculations about what they expect to find with probable cause. Republicans would love to see this affidavit. The Department of Justice, just before the show, came out in officially opposing the release of the underlying FBI affidavit because, quote, as they put it in their memorandum, it would serve as a road, excuse me, it would serve as a roadmap to the government's ongoing investigation, providing specific details about its direction and likely course in a manner that is highly likely to compromise future investigative steps, close quote. Let's unwind that for a moment and see how good it makes you feel to know that the government is investigating you but won't 
tell you why. That's what that means. It would serve as a roadmap to the government's ongoing investigation, providing specific details about its direction and likely course. Wouldn't you, as a taxpaying American citizen, like to know why the FBI and the Department of Justice is continuing to hound and dog President Trump? Wouldn't you like to know what their roadmap is? Wouldn't you like to know some specific details about the direction and likely course of this investigation? Okay, I get, as you get, that opposing parties don't want to show their hand. That has never been true, at least not for those that care about criminal justice process. That has never been true about the state. The state always has to comply with a higher standard than a private litigant or than a private citizen. They even have to turn over exculpatory evidence. I have to tell you, The more they talk about secrecy and the more they talk about the need not to show us the underlying issues here, the underlying facts, the underlying justification, the quicker we should all be counting our spoons. Because there is no rationale, no rationale for a raid over documents that even if they were taken illegally, do not violate the criminal code. The Presidential Records Act is itself not a criminal law. It comes with penalties, but they are not crimes. And this whole notion that you cannot discuss this as a raid, you cannot use the word raid, is unknown to legal diction. Of course it's a raid. Whether there's a search warrant or not, it's a raid. A raid constitutes a surprise visit, an element of surprise, a showing up unexpectedly with papers or with not. Mostly when you're in a hot pursuit situation where you don't have time to go to the court, where you don't have time to get a search warrant, where you can still legally go after a defendant or go a- or investigate a defendant because you are a quote unquote in hot pursuit. That's not a raid. You know you're being chased. When you are surprised, when you are shocked, that's when the word raid is appropriate. And everyone was surprised and everyone was shocked. Alan Dershowitz will be a guest on um, on this show a little bit later in the week. But yes, the question, what about Hillary Clinton? What about Jim Comey? What about Sandy Berger? Is perfectly relevant. The question, what about, gives you, as I said, a sense of what to expect in the future. And by the way, If Hillary Clinton and Jim Comey and Sandy Berger were treated with kid gloves, were treated apparently given the nature of the crime, given the nature of the violation, given the nature of the breach of records acts and classified information, if they were treated with kid gloves and they shouldn't be used as a precedent, so much more the shame against the Department of Justice and the investigators of Jim Comey. Hillary Clinton and Sandy Berger. So much worse the shame. If if no one is above the below the law, that's the line we keep being told. No one is above the law. Understood. But why is it again and again Democrat after Democrat is considered to be below the law? Did Eric Swalwell commit no crimes? Has Maxine Waters committed no crimes? Have Democrats routinely been subjected to the same thing President Trump has been subjected to? Think about the two impeachments.
think about him. Now, I know people will say Bill Clinton was impeached over sex. No, he was not. No, he was not. He was impeached for lying to a grand jury. He was impeached because he committed perjury. What was the perjury? What was the lying to a grand jury? His justification was that he wanted to protect his privacy and didn't think what he was being asked was relevant. The defendant does not get to make those decisions, just as Hillary Clinton does not get to make the decisions that 32,000 emails are not in the interest of the federal government, do not belong to the scrutiny, do not belong to the examination of federal investigators. It is not for her to make those determinations. But, of course, she was relying on the notion that she is a law unto herself, as Democrats can routinely do in our politicized Department of Justice, in our politicized government. There is a word for this. There is a word for this. It is anarchy. When you don't know what will happen to you if you break the law or if anything will happen to you? That's one word for it. Another word for it. Talk about it with me. Think about it for a moment. What does it mean if you are above the law based on your political beliefs? What kind of government do you have then? Do you have a democracy? Do you have a constitutional republic? Or do you have something like existed in Roman times with the elites and the plebeians? with the governors and the plebeians. That's the kind of government the Democratic Party wants here. Because, as we have said again and again, time and again, there are two rules in this country. The rule that everyone has to apply and abide by, and the rule that the Democrats get to play by and abide by. They're not being stripped of their committee membership. They're not being investigated. They're able to set to to impose search warrants and raids on Republicans. They're able to put government service servicemen and government employees who no one really had heard of and no one really knows what their job were jobs were in shackles after they've left government. And there's no consequence, none at all, except the bankrupting of these Republican servants, because you are not supposed to be a Republican. This non-criminal Presidential Records Act is being used right now to criminalize being a Republican. That's the government you have right now. That's what animates us. That's why we're angry. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by my friends at Y-Refi. If you're looking for a really remarkable investment opportunity, what they're offering is a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm, as I say, run by really good people, friends of mine who are doing really well by helping and doing good for others. And you can be a part of that. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 855-316-3087. 855-316-3087. John is in Phoenix. Hello, John. Hi, Seth. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I am excellent. Hey, um, I wanted to talk to you. At first, I thought, that I had uh, kind of take it from the approach of defending Merrick Garland. I hate to do that, and I don't want to do that. I don't agree with him, so really don't feel like 
defending Merrick Garland. <laughs> okay. But but I think that uh, what they're doing is a deliberate smokescreen by twisting the meaning of equal justice under the law to uh, provide cover for them politically. Okay. And I've listened to just enough MSNBC, unfortunately. I like to do that to uh, kind of see what the enemy is up to. Yes, sir. I've listened to just enough MSNBC to realize Merrick Garland is constantly talking about equal justice under the law, but I think what he's saying is that um, he will prosecute the CEO of a big corporation, for example, the same as he prosecutes the little guy on the street. Um, He's completely disregarding the fact that the person they are prosecuting or attempting to prosecute is the former president of the United States, the current um, nemesis of the president in office, and the future um, candidate, likely candidate of 2024. Yeah, that last part is an important one, John. Let's not forget that they are targeting, they are targeting the leading Republican contender for the presidency. Whether you like it or not, Donald Trump is probably the leading contender for the presidency for the Republican Party right now. Again, whether you like it or not, the Department of Justice, the Attorney General, the administration, anyone in law enforcement should be, uh, you would think, extra uh, scrutinizing about a public display of an investigation into that person. You know, the Department of Justice has guidelines You may recall some of this from Jim Comey and the Hillary Clinton 2016 fiasco. The Department of Justice has guidelines on not investigating a political uh, a political actor or or, or a political candidate within two months of an election. We're pretty much right upon that cusp. They were doing this right up against those right up against those guidelines. Comey said that to the effect that uh, they think that Hillary Clinton had some violations with her uh, computer server, but it was too close to the election. He wouldn't find a prosecutor that would take the case. That's right. That's right. And, and, And you can understand why that would be a concern in a democracy or a constitutional republic, wouldn't you? You would you would you would see why targeting a political opponent with the uh, with the force of law, with the power of the force of the federal government behind you, could be seen as banana republic ethics. Well, I show you why. This is it. This is exactly it. I mean, this is the most easily investigated man living amongst every other American. He, he must be. Given all the audits, given all the criminal investigations, given two impeachments, given everything the Democrats have thrown at him, and now the Department of Justice, this is clearly the most investigated man in America. And you're telling me they needed to execute a search warrant like this 85 or 90 days before an election? Really? This was necessary to find what? They won't tell us what they're looking for. Seth, I think we see this. But unfortunately, the viewers of MSNBC and probably CNN have a complete misunderstanding. I don't think they're being presented with that argument. I think they're they're being told that this is equal justice under the law, under the guise that it's just some some 
powerful guy versus some little guy. You know, the John postulate. Well, work Garland. with me on this thought for a second because I I'm coming to a conclusion that's close to where you are, and I wonder if you think this way too. You know, you investigate a person enough. You file enough investigations or articles of impeachment or calls for impeachment. You say enough that this person is a threat to the Constitution or an ex- existential threat to the country. You get enough state attorneys general to file complaints against them. And you do, you know, these kinds of raids. You create this what? Atmosphere of guilt. You create this notion that the guy must be guilty. There was a wonderful video going around on Twitter on Friday of a guy, some, you know, liberal Manhattanite. He was, you know, well scrubbed and well put together that they were interviewing in front of the Trump uh, organization tower. And they asked him what he thought of the raid. And he said, well, it's justified when you have such gross violation of the law. And the reporter said to him, and what gross violation of the law did Donald Trump commit? And the guy just stuttered. And he said, I, what, what, what did he actually do? Well, you, you, I, I'm done answering questions. That's pretty much verbatim what happened. But they create this atmosphere with enough investigations that the guy is guilty before judgment. And I think that's what's kind of going on here. They're trying to taint him as they try to taint us. We're extremists. He's a criminal. Well, and two weeks ago, Seth, was there any talk anywhere in the media by anybody that Trump had documents he no. shouldn't have in his possession? No. no, they were they were talking about everything but that. Everything but that. Exactly right. And this this is something they just pulled out of the air. Although it was never a concern. Although I will say this, John. You know, there's been a lot of sturm and drang over the January 6th committee. They've had two primetime hearings on Thursday night, don't you know? And they have produced yeah. zilch after how many promises from Adam Schiff and others that we have a smoking gun and we're going to finally get him. They have yet to produce a thing. Now, if you are that desperate to get this guy and you have done all this, all the Klieg lights, all the investigations you can possibly expose the American people to, you might just think they're still coming up empty and they now have to resort to these kinds of tactics, right? Yeah, and to go back to the topic at hand where they're saying that he has these nuclear secrets yeah. and, and that, and it's so dangerous, it's a national security threat, why did they wait 18 months after he left office? Why did they wait, I believe it was three days, after they had the search, search warrant authorized? There is a word for that. It's called pretext. Does anyone... I mean, whether you have a law degree or not, whether you've ever <laughs> worked with signals intelligence or any form in the intel any any job in the intelligence community, does it pass the laugh test or the smell test to think that Donald Trump has something in his possession that could start a nuclear war? I mean, honestly, that's what they're expecting you to believe. And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if he's an existential threat to the Constitution, yeah, make him Dr. Evil. Seems like people are willing to believe it. If you say it enough times, they'll believe it enough times. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. For our culture and economy update, we always turn to John Dombrowski, Jr. of Grand Canyon Planning Associates, Grand Canyon Planning 
com is his website. He also is a radio host in his own right. You can hear him every Saturday morning right here at 7 a.m. for the Word on Wealth. John, happy Monday. Hope you're doing well, sir. I am. Hopefully the same for you as well. Yes. Uh, took a little bit of a break last couple of days of last week, and I am back at it. Perfect. Delighted to be so. Uh, uh, So interesting lines are crossing in our economy a little bit, John. You're seeing real estate prices going down. You're seeing stock prices going up. General advice, do we sell both, hold both, sell (laughs) either, hold one and lose the other? Well, it's interesting. What do you see when these lines cross like this? Yeah, I mean, you have to look at, first of all, real estate, especially your own personal residence. uh, Oftentimes, I would always advise people, don't look at that as, as, as part of your investment plan, unless you're thinking very, very long term. You know, we're over maybe a number of decades, eventually you're going to retire and you're thinking, we'll use some of the equity in our home to, you know, we'll downsize and... Uh, that will be uh, some additional funds we'll be able to use in our retirement. Um, but the real estate market right now certainly is going through a little bit of a change. Uh, we're not seeing those multiple offers like we have in the past. We're seeing properties stay on the market a little bit longer. We're also seeing uh, prices falling. Uh, but there's still a shortage of housing, so there's no question about that. Uh, but you know, unless you're a true real estate investor and you're in the business of flipping homes, um, you know, I, I'm not. I don't think it's probably going to be in your best interest to try to sell your house now because you're going to be in that similar position of trying to find something else to live in. Yeah. But when it comes to real when it comes to investments in the stock market, you know, there's been studies done year over year that uh, during periods of volatility, when the markets have downturns, historically the markets do recover. Sometimes it takes a little longer than uh, other times, but generally speaking, uh, you know, staying invested over periods of time are better than trying to time the market. You know, the old expression, time in the market, yeah. uh, is more valuable than t- trying to time the market. Um, so I would say right now, we've seen the markets recover quite nicely from the from the lows that they, they've seen recently. Uh, so hopefully, if you're still participating in your 401k, you've been buying, you know, each and every pay period at those lower bet values, and we're starting to see the markets begin to stabilize a bit. There are, you know, differences of opinion right now as to whether or not we've hit a bottom yet. Uh, But generally speaking, the markets have really made a nice recovery over the past four weeks and had a decent day today as well. Uh, John, do you worry a little bit? I mean, you're in the business of helping people negotiate investment strategies for different terms, short terms, long terms, ideally retirement, of course, and mm-hmm. and uh, and, po- and and post employment uh, living. Do you sometimes worry when we see legislation like we're seeing that's going to bring on something like eighty seven thousand new IRS yeah. <laughs> agents? You know, you're going to see more people hesitant to. Be ingenious with their money, aren't you? You're going to see people taking less risks, aren't you? I mean, the more complex your strategy for investments and savings, the more subject you are, I think, to IRS scrutiny, right? I would imagine so. Yeah. Uh, and I, again, this type of a, you know, we're increasing the IRS by 87,000 uh, individuals. You know, I just did a quick, you know, bit of a uh, studying on this and, and, and just looked at the sheer size of government, the workforce. It's a problem. And, I, you know, we, we want smaller government, not larger government. And this is certainly going to be adding to the number of employees. Um, the number of I, I, it was in the, the six or seven percent of the, the the U.S. population is employed by the federal government. Yeah. It's over nine million workers. Yeah. 
um, again, that's that's difficult for for any country to probably handle. Uh, so I'm not a big proponent of what's going on right now. And yes, I believe that uh, we're going to have to be, you know, much more cautious and careful, uh, making sure we dot all of our I's, cross all of our T's. And and, and even then, right? Yeah. I mean, you have seen the surveys of yeah. accountants who get the same return and come up with yeah. different answers. I saw one finance person on Yahoo used five different uh, computer mm-hmm. tax filing yeah. systems and got five different returns. Yeah, and that's right. You could do everything absolutely yeah. right. right. And, you know, this this you know concern is, is that even if I do everything right, the IRS comes after me for an audit, I've got to prove, you know, that I'm innocent. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. It's instead a of shifting. them proving that you're guilty, as, as we do in a traditional court of law. Right. So you're right, Seth, and, and it's potentially going to be expensive if you have to hire a CPA at the rates that the, the CPAs charge, uh, because most people are not going to be sophisticated enough, especially if you're doing a, you know, a, a, an online type of a tax return. So, you know, sometimes it pays to, to have a CPA file your tax return. You bet. This way you'll be covered, and if uh, you have an audit, you'll have someone to go to. Boy, they just make it harder and harder, though, don't they? I mean, they that's do. the thing. Yep. That's the thing. All Guidance. right, sir. Thank yep. you. Good kickoff to the yep. week. Guidance and professionalism in any type of finance is important. You bet. You emulate that and yep. represent that well. Well, thank you. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Henry and Sipic, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth. Talk thank tomorrow. you, John. You bet. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. 602 Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960, portions of which are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. A friend of mine had a uh, disposal problem, plumbing uh, issue, and asked me who I use. I, of course, uh, told her Cool Touch, and uh, she called them um, this morning, and they will be there tomorrow to get her sink back operating. They're fast. They do what they say. They say what they'll do, and their customer service is fantastic. I've used them for years, as have many of my friends. If you have air conditioning or plumbing issues, give them a call at 623-748-4942. That's Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing, 623-748-4942, or visit them online at cooltouch.us. That's cooltouch.us. Keith is in Atlanta. Hello, Keith. Hey, Seth, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm tired of the double standard. And a few days ago, Bernie Carrick made a comment. He said, if the FBI raid on Donald Trump doesn't work, what's next? Yeah. The assass- uh, assassination attempt. And people should not take that lightly. I mean, you got to take that very seriously because people th- think, oh, this conspiracy talk. Well, we're in a in a day and age now that no Democrat is ever held accountable. You can, uh, Hillary Clinton could get on TV tonight and, and admit to all the Arkansas that she and Bill have committed to, and there's nothing that's going to happen to them. And, and it's, it's just, it's incredible. We need to pray for Donald Trump for him to be protected because I do think the Democrats are that off the rail that they would do something like that. Well, You know, I'll tell you something. This administration is not understanding the culture in which they operate. They're not understand, or maybe they are, and they don't care. But the culture in which they operate right now is a very, what, dry, 
field of grass that a single match, really a single match, could just destroy our entire environment. And they keep throwing matches on this grass. They have to know that the election was highly contentious. And even if they don't want to accept Donald Trump's complaint about 2020 being a fraud, even if they don't want to accept that, they have to know what we all know, which is even if you take away all the voting irregularities and all the problems with mail-in ballots, even if you take all of that off the table, you had an unremitting, unrelenting campaign against Donald Trump by the media throughout his tenure, but of course ramped up during 2020, so much so that the media censored a major story that would have turned the election to Donald Trump with regard to Hunter Biden's laptop. They have to know they come into office in that environment. And then what do they go on to do? They go on to enforce mandates against the American people and the desires of the American people and against every piece of science that's coming out about the effectiveness of the vaccinations and the mandates. Then they go on to this issue of going after Americans and guns. Then they go on to expanding the IRS, 87,000 new agents as they raise taxes. And then with all that, only really about a year and a half into this administration, they execute an unprecedented search warrant against the private residence of the former president, treating him as if he's some kind of third world ousted dictator or dictator they want to oust like a King Farouk or an Idi Amin to be sent in exile. Meanwhile, they take his passports as if he's some kind of flight risk, like we won't be able to find Donald Trump if we need to bring him back in shackles and chains, right? They have to understand what they're pushing the American people or at least half the country up against the wall that they didn't sign on to with this administration. You have to govern responsibly and not in the face such that the opposition believes you are targeting them. And this opposition, by that I mean you, Keith, I mean me, I mean people who didn't vote for Joe Biden, we feel targeted. We feel like we're being pushed up against the wall. And if they're going to continue to say things about Donald Trump like Nazi, fascist, white supremacist, yeah, there's a responsibility with the rhetoric that leads to deranged people with guns and knives wanting to act out on that. I mean, what's your moral responsibility, Keith, if you run into a fascist? What's your moral responsibility if you run into a Nazi? A good argument can be made putting and taking him down, right? I just have nothing to do with people like that, period. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's the way it should be in society. Radical, nutty people should be, you should ostracize them and stay away from them. You don't have to kill them and stuff like that. But in today's environment, look at Antifa, BLM, and all that other stuff. It's it's encouraged. It's it's allowed. But people who are taxpayers who want to live a good moral life, we're not, we're not, Real Americans. Joe Biden even said that. I remember that. He said that uh, when he was vice president. They're not even real Americans. They try to avoid paying taxes. Oh, my, my gosh. It's it's just getting, it's insane. We're the people who want to live our lives without the government messing with us. We want to be left alone. And we're out, out to be as radical. And I'm tired of that. Well, they they do a very good job. They like to talk about the divisiveness, but they do a very good job of dividing Americans themselves. Think about what they did during COVID. 
When's the last time you heard a Democrat speak of patriotism or patriotic duty outside of getting a vaccine or wearing a mask? To them, that's patriotism. Not standing for the national anthem, by the way. That's not patriotism. Not joining the military, that's not patriotism. Patriotism to them is doing what makes no sense to and for a lot of people, and it has to do with going along with guidance from the CDC, an institution no one heard of four years ago. Keith, Keith, it's a very perverted view of the world that they have, and it's a very one-party state view of this country that they have, which is not what this country is about. But when you use the word ostracize, that's what they're trying to do to Republicans. That's what this is about, ostracizing us and making us second-class citizens, first by treating us as second-class citizens. Seth, one last thing, how crazy the Democrats are. I don't recall any of the Democrats ever uh, condemning the people shooting Steve Scalise or anything like that. Can you remember any of them? Can you remember any of the Democrats condemning the animals burning down the cities and stuff like that? I don't remember any of that. I remember what Nancy Pelosi said when she was asked about, uh, about the violence in Baltimore and a riot in Baltimore. And this was pre-January 6th. She said, people will do what people will do. Yeah. I remember Kamala Harris saying the protests shouldn't stop and cannot stop and must not stop and setting up and helping to helping to set up and helping to finance a fund to bail out the 14,000 rioters that were arrested, causing $2 billion worth of damage and 30 lives. I remember that. I remember them whitewashing the riots as mostly peaceful. I remember them saying words like march peacefully and patriotically was a dog whistle and an encouragement to insurrection and violence, while burning a city down was supposed to be a mostly peaceful activity. Keith, they're operating from a new dictionary that they're creating for a new time, and I am, for one, extremely nervous. I really am. I think they're playing with fire. I really do. In spite of the Biden administration's assurances, inflation just hit a new 41-year high, and that doesn't reflect food prices that have soared 17% and gas prices up 50%. Seth here. In this misguided economy, the best shelter for your wealth is gold, physical gold. Gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail, like now, which is why I recommend calling the Midas Gold Group the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group to talk about safeguarding your wealth with gold and other precious metals. I own precious metals from the Midas Gold Group. Seb Gorka does. Thousands of you do also. For those that don't, and if you're curious and want to talk to them about diversifying your investments, give the Midas Gold Group a call at 480-360-3000. 480-360-3000. Or MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. I was thinking about uh, something right after Keith's call over the break. You know, in our book, American Greatness, uh, that uh, Buskirk and I wrote in 2017 about uh, the Trump uh, candidacy of 2016 and the conservatism uh, that Donald Trump represented, we had occasion to revisit a speech of Richard Nixon's in 1968. It was his 1968 convention speech because we, 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 we posed that what, Donald Trump was talking about in 2016 was what Richard Nixon was talking about in that awful year of 1968. And it seems to me 
it's even more true now. Do you sense, if I just give you this riff of Richard Nixon's, do you sense that we are more like this now than ever before? And, and, And it's ripe for the picking for Republican leadership, this notion. He said, Richard Nixon said, we need to listen to a different voice than the elites. We need to listen to a quieter voice than the tumult and the shouting. It is the voice of the great majority of Americans, the forgotten Americans, the non-shouters, the non-demonstrators. They are not racists. They are not sick. They are not guilty of the crime that plagues the land. They are black and they are white. They are native born and foreign born. They're young and they're old. They work in America's factories. They run America's businesses. They serve in government. They provide most of the soldiers who died to keep us free. They give drive to the spirit of America. They give lift to the American dream. They give steel to the American backbone. They are good people. They are decent people. They work and they save and they pay their taxes and they care. Is that not ripe for the picking? Because my sense is whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, Probably something like 60 to 70 percent of Americans can identify with being in that group. And you make that appeal right. You'll peel off Democrats. You'll peel them off. You'll peel off independents. You'll peel them off because they're tired of this war against the American people brought to you by the American government. They don't want a war. They don't want this war. They don't want any war. They want their lives to be made just a little bit easier with a lot less division. That's this party. That's this movement. I'm Seth Liebson. Brandon Weikert coming up. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 